Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Wednesday. First with yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZB. We're looking back at Tuesday. Um, Simon and his dog death dilemma. <laughs> Shortly. Um, Gender-neutral changing rooms at Eden Park. I know, I know. And then uh, Marcus's love of underpasses. But before any of that, Aiden's return to New Zealand. Yes, the uh, the ISIS bride um, comes back. And, oh, we're so upset about this. There's children involved. Like, that's going to soften us all up. Because what we, in effect, do know now is that, of course, we were going to take them back. Justifying it with the but there are children involved line was merely buttering us up for the inevitable. So yesterday, Cabinet officially announces this managed return of this 26-year-old and her two kids. What does that mean? Who's managing it? What's it costing? How long are they managing it for? Who is taking responsibility? Where is she being managed? Where are the numbers on this? What are we paying to manage an alleged ISIS terrorist to come back here and make New Zealand home after a 20-year absence. I noticed the statement from Ardern yesterday also included her tried-and-true line about the kids again. We have taken into account, this is Ardern, our international responsibilities, she said, as well as the details, including the fact children are involved. Marketing 101. If you have a winning line that sounds empathetic and you think it's effective, Keep using it. So apparently she'll be managed in a way that minimises any risk for New Zealanders. Really? How can you guarantee that? Let's just hope for all our sakes that this government does not employ more of its high trust model here. Because when it comes to this government's kindness programme, I think extending it now to terrorists is a bridge too far. Yeah, it gets tricky, doesn't it? Well, I mean, I think where it seems to get tricky, where some people are um, a little bit torn on this, is that is being an ISIS bride, are you a terrorist? Is being an ISIS bride being a terrorist? That's the question, isn't it? And I still don't know whether it is or not. Is Kerry? They know who she is. She will be hiding in plain sight. It will be very hard for her to get away with anything. She's not lurking undercover. Everybody that needs to know knows who she is. And she's certainly nothing like, or appears to be nothing like, Shamima Begum, that entitled little tit from Britain who had absolutely no remorse at all about becoming a toy of the ISIS fighters. She was the one who maintained that the Manchester bombing was justified at the Ariana Grande concert because women and children were dying in Syria too. She, I mean, she really did not help her case one little bit, showed no remorse, no regrets. She just wanted to come home because it was really uncomfortable in the uh, refugee camp. This woman, according to the Australian reporter, does have regrets, she does have remorse, she knows it was the wrong thing to do. She appeared to honestly regret the decisions she had made as a teenager. Now she has a chance. New Zealand is doing the right thing reluctantly, but nonetheless the right thing. I think she, but more specifically, the children do deserve a chance. Yeah, I'm, um, 
kind of with Kerry on this, I think, on reflection. Like, are we saying that we don't want it to come back because it's, it's too tricky a problem? That we, we, we just want somebody else to deal with it? Or are we saying, actually, let's try and fix the problem? Um, you know, obviously, she's just a pretty weird ideas let's try and stop her having weird ideas speaking of which uh, so Simon yesterday with James um, he's got a, a couple of dogs one's sick one isn't uh, but because they're twins he he's wondering if he should put the other one down is it cruel actually to leave Puff alive if we do have to put his brother down if we leave him alive and will he pine and mourn for his brother? I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, actually, that can happen. And we have a number of people, if they're elderly dogs, that they do put both down at the same time if they've only sort of got another six to 12 months left because she said it can be really brutal watching one pine. Mm-hmm. So we went and had with the family a bit of a family chat. And, um, and there it was six of you. Six of family. us. Yeah, yep. six of us. And it's um, three, two at the moment in favour of... But there's only five, Simon. Because I can't decide. What, sitting on the fence? <laughs> yeah, so, so three, Jeez. two, in favour of keeping him alive. <laughs> and, and so it's, it's blimmin' awful. I mean, even discussing it, I feel sick. Because a, a number of people have texted in saying, you know, you can't leave the brother alive, that's cruel, put them both to sleep. Then others say, you disgust me, Simon. Oh, I'm on the fence. You disgust <laughs> me, Simon. How could you put Puff down? He's perfectly healthy. Well, he's not perfectly healthy. He's incredibly aged. So, okay. And the vet said to us, if Coco, the sick one, we could keep him alive. He may do another two months, but he's going to have to be on pain relief for the rest of his days at home. And so that's, I, I think that decision's almost made, sadly. Okay. So Coco is has to be put I, down. Well, I'm, I'm, again, I'm such a soft touch. I hate it. I can't even, I haven't been able to sleep. Geez, that sounds like it was a cheery old bit of afternoon radio, didn't it? Um... My major, I have a couple of issues with this. I mean, I know twins. I was just talking to um, a couple of twins uh, last week, separately in two different places, and they were used to be as thick as thieves. Those twins, but they've gone on and had separate lives. They have. You know, if something happened to one of them, I don't think the other one would be overly pleased if we knocked them on the head. And also, there's too many people in Sai's family. Six is too big. Too many people. So I think we, we, we need to do something about that as well. Um, now, uh, let's get on to the you know one of the really big issues of the day yesterday uh, was the introduction of gender-neutral um, changing rooms at Eden Park, of course. Let's get straight to the changing rooms because we have to talk about this. How is it costing $1.7 million? Well, over the next three years, we've sorry, over the next two years, we've got uh, three women's World Cups, and this is an opportunity, a once in a, in a generation opportunity for achieving gender equality. So, um, the change rooms are obviously designed uh, and a legacy of the men's rugby World Cup. Um, so, this is an opportunity for us to upgrade the west and south change rooms for these uh, three women's World Cups. Yeah, how is it costing so much? Because all you're doing is you're pulling out the boys' bits and giving it a bit of a refurb, right? 
Well, it's a significant area, so it's four change rooms and uh, it will include accessible and private shower facilities, gender-neutral toilets, uh, adjoining family rooms and a range of other upgrades. So we're delighted with the government's announcement today and, as I say, this is a once-in-a-generation opportunity for gender equality in sport. Um, Do you have many athletes turning up with their babies and needing to change them? Well, um, we want to be a venue that is inclusive. Right, okay. So as I suspected, um, not a story in any way whatsoever. Uh, Unlike uh, what we're going to finish on, of course, which is Marcus talking about pedestrian underpasses, which, of course, is a major issue. I don't claim to be an expert on most things. But there's one thing that I know a lot about, and that is walking from airports to cities. So I was delighted to hear on the news tonight about the proposal in Wellington. And this is just not me waiting for an article on the news to actually find out my topic. But I am peculiarly qualified to talk about this. Now, every time I go to Wellington, which is occasional, probably three times a year, I'll always walk from the airport. And I'll always use Map My Walks, and it takes me straight under that underpass under the airport under the airstrip, which I love. And I always find it, and then it actually drops you off. It drops you off at the other side of Wellington Airport, and then you wander around. It's a remarkably good journey, and everyone should do it. So, yeah, don't worry about the overpass. Just go under the underpass. It's fantastic. And the very good thing I've found about going under the underpass, under Wellington Airport, honestly, it should be on everyone's bucket list. Well, he's passionate about that, isn't he? Um, I didn't even know it existed, of course. He'd he'd be the only one who's ever used it, surely. Um, That goes without saying. But um, every underpass I've ever used smells like wheeze and or vomit, Uh, which puts me off a little bit. And also, I do always have the feeling that somebody is about to stab me and mug me. I mean, other than that, I don't mind them. They might be onto something, I don't know. Um, does he not have luggage? Is, uh, um, we took the train from San Francisco Airport into the city. And once the Kenzie B family did. And that was a logistical nightmare. Just the four of us with a suitcase each. Same. I'm Glenn Zip. It was quite fun though when we came up out of the subway and had no idea. We, you know, we were just in the middle of San Francisco and then had to figure out where we were from there. That was quite a challenge. I'm not saying I'd do it again. I'm Glenn ZB. Uh, that has been News Talk ZB. Uh, we'll see you back here again uh, tomorrow. Catch you on the underpass.